You may be seated. Hallelujah. <coughs> Praise God. Well, the Lord has given me a word today that, once again, it's been burning in my heart all week. And uh, oh, what a blessing to be able to let it out. Because, you know, the prophet Jeremiah, what did he say? When the Lord gave him a word to speak, before he spoke it, he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Amen? Well, praise God, that fire is flowing through me. I want to release it right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, what I want to talk to you about today, I want to start out this way. I believe that there is a missing ingredient in the church, in the body of Christ on this earth today. A missing ingredient. Now, you know, when you make a recipe, when you make something, cookies or cake, if you leave out an ingredient, it just doesn't taste right. How many of you know that? Come on now. You go to make a cake, you leave the sugar out. or they, Come on. It's not going to taste right. Well, same thing in the spiritual. I believe there's a missing ingredient in many Christians' lives on this earth today. What is it? I believe it's boldness. Boldness. I believe that is the missing ingredient. There are too many Christians who are sitting back and just watching evil invade this earth. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, so many uh, churches these days are preaching a watered-down version of the gospel that is powerless to reach the lost and push back the forces of hell. You know, if you're a Christian in here today, you have authority over the enemy. Amen? It's a spiritual authority. It's not a fight that's in the natural, but it's a spiritual fight. Right? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities. Powers of darkness, amen? That's talking about the enemy, Satan, and demonic spirits. And if you're a Christian today, you have that authority. And there are too many Christians who are sitting back not using that authority. No boldness. Now, the Apostle Paul knew that boldness was essential to be an ambassador or a representative for Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Acts 19 this morning. Go to Acts chapter 19. I'm going to look at verse 8 starting off. And then I'm going to run you through the word like I always do, amen? Because I said it before and I'll say it again. It's not my opinion that matters, it's what the word of God says, right? Now I'm going to show you and prove to you that boldness is essential in the life of a Christian. Acts 19 verse 8, talking about the Apostle Paul. And he went into the synagogue, or the church we would call it today, and spake boldly for the space of three months disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. There are many scriptures, that's just one of many, that speak of Paul being bold, bold sharing his faith, bold being an ambassador, representative for the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. And I'll tell you, you have to be bold on this earth because the things of this world, it'll, it'll just, like, like Sister Nancy over there who's in the Right to Life movement, hey, you, that takes boldness, doesn't it, to stand up against the, the wickedness on this earth that is killing the unborn. Amen? And it angers me when I hear of churches that are condoning abortion, uh, uh, marrying men with men, women with women, and they call themselves Christians. They call themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, they're in for a wake-up call. If they don't repent... And make it right with God, they're in for a wake-up call when they leave this earth. Amen? They will wake up in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? And I don't want anyone here under my watch waking up in that place. And if you do, it's your own fault. Because I'm going to proclaim righteousness. Amen? My blood's not, your blood's not going to be on my hands. Amen? Now listen. Boldness is defined as courage, bravery, confidence, and fearlessness. Now, biblical boldness is different from how the world views boldness. I'll say that again. Biblical boldness, or what the Bible says about boldness, is different than how the world views it. What do I mean by that? Well, biblical boldness has boundaries, okay? as were worldly boldness does not. An example, someone in the world, someone who's not a Christian, they get cut off by, by a driver, 
and that person who gets cut off starts slinging off all these four-letter cuss words at the other person. Well, that's pretty bold to start doing that, isn't it? That's not biblical boldness. You see what I'm saying? So what do I mean? Boldness must operate. Boldness in the Christian's life must operate within the boundaries of God's word. It should never cross the line of sin. You can be bold without crossing the line of sin. Amen? Turn with me to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Boldness must operate within the boundaries of God's word. It should never cross the line of sin. Now, let's read uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 declares, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you know, this, that one verse, you can break it down so many different ways. I mean, there's so many things you can pull out of it. You know, there, in topics in the Bible, there's different ways that you can talk about topics in the Bible. It's like the same topic, but you're coming up the other side of the mountain and taking another view from a different angle. Amen? And that's how I'm doing, what I'm doing with this verse today. Now, I want to pull out of there. It says that one of, the, uh, one of the definitions of boldness is fearlessness. And here, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, if he's not given us a spirit of fear, or he's not given us fear, then the other things of that verse is talking about courage, or Anything that's opposite of fear. Are you following me? So listen to this. The fruits or the elements of boldness or fearlessness would be power, love. Remember, you've got to stay inside the boundaries of God's word. And love is that huge boundary. Amen? God is love. And of a sound mind. Now what is that talking about of a sound mind? What do I mean by that? I'm talking about a sound mind that is able to cast down Im imaginations and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You see, one of the things that hinders boldness, well, is fear, right? If boldness is fearlessness, well, then fear is the opposite of boldness. So what does the enemy try to do to try to strip a Christian of that boldness? He tries to implant fear. Amen? Amen? Come on, That's, if, if the devil can get a hold of your mind and get into your thoughts, like I said in the article this week, if he can get in your mind and, and, and dictate your thoughts and you take a hold of them thoughts and not cast them down and get rid of them, right? He's got you. He's got you. Thought, the thought life is very important. That's one of the reasons so many Christians uh, are losing that boldness is because they're allowing the enemy to pound them and knock them over with thoughts of fear. Oh, you shouldn't go witness to that person. They're going to they're gonna beat you up. Oh, they're going to reject you. Well, you know what? Don't worry about it. Go and do it. And I can promise you the Holy Ghost will show up in that time. And he'll give you the boldness. You know, it's like uh, Peter when Jesus said, come on out. Come on. You know, he was on the ship and there's a storm raging. Jesus was out walking on the water, right? And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out to you. Remember that story? Or that account, I should say. It's not just a story. It's reality. It actually happened. Jesus said, come on out. Well, what if Peter never would have stepped out? He never would have walked on water. But he had to take that first step, and it came to pass. He did walk on water. Now, he ended up sinking, but when did he end up sinking? When he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he looked at the storm. That's when he sank, because his faith went out the window. Amen? So the enemy will try to come against, you with, come against you with fear, and I know he has. I know there's probably many here who struggle with fear, and we're going to take care of that today in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, boldness comes from knowing your standing with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to uh, Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, look at verse 1 with me this morning. Just one verse. 
But once again, the word of God is so supernatural. You can take one verse and preach on it all day. Amen? There's so much that we can get from it. Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursues. But the righteous, or those who are in right standing with God, are bold as a lion. Now, why? Why is that? Turn with me to Ephesians 3.12. I want to break this down a bit for you. Ephesians, in the New Testament, chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verse 12. I'm proving that boldness comes from knowing your standing with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to this. In whom, now the context of this verse is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, in Christ. It says, in Christ, say in Christ, Christ. we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Now, I'll tell you right now, show me a Christian that is walking in the truth of God's word who knows his rights and benefits over here. And then show me someone who received Christ 20 years ago, but has lived in a backslidden life and living a life of sin. Set him right here. You will see the difference. You will see the difference because this one over here that knows who he is in Christ and his benefits and, how, and what the Lord Jesus Christ did for him, he's bold, the Bible says. He's bold as a lion. But this one over here, he, he's, he's allowed darkness to come back in because he's living a life of sin and disobedience to God. And guess what? He knows, hey, the benefits, I haven't been doing what I ought to be doing to walk in that power. Amen? That's why the Bible says that the righteous, say the righteous, are bold as a lion. Now, so I want to break this down quickly because this is, I just want to touch on it. It's a whole other teaching, but the, you, did you know there's two kinds of righteousness? There's two kinds of righteousness. Number one, we're put in right standing because of what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? Now, that's why salvation is not by works, lest any man boast. You can't earn salvation. Why do I say that? Because this, the moment... You came to Christ the moment you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? You were put in right standing before you even went out from that salvation prayer to do your first work. Amen? What about the thief on the cross? Lord, Lord, don't forget me when you go into heaven. What did Jesus say? Today you shall be with me in paradise. That guy didn't have time to get off that cross and to go help the poor. That guy didn't have time to go down and pray for three hours. Amen? He was made righteous. And the moment you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, before you do any work, you're put in right standing with God. Does that make sense to you? Now, that's a whole other teaching. I could really dig in that. But now the other side of the coin, the other side of the coin of righteousness means maintaining the right standing by your works or your lifestyle as a Christian. Turn with me to 1 John. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. Way in the back, right before Jude and Revelation there. And it's before 2 John. <laughs> oh, you didn't catch that. All right, I know. It's, it's in the morning here. You guys are hungry. All right, go with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Listen to this. And now, little children, abide in him. It's talking about abide in Christ, meaning daily live your life for him. Daily be a doer of the word. Amen. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence or boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Listen to this. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So the right standing that you've been put into now because of what Jesus did, now 
you have to live in that righteousness. You see what I'm saying? One refers to the finish, the work that Jesus did and the, and the right standing you're put into before you even go out and do a work. But now it says, whoever doeth righteousness, whoever continues daily doing the word, uh, living how Christ wants you to live on this earth. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Next one. Boldness comes from having the fear of the Lord or reverence for him. It's by lifting God's standards, lifting God's standards above the world standards. Amen? How many of you know there's, there's, there's standards in the world and then there's standards that God sets forth in his word? Amen? The fear of the Lord means that you're reverencing him. You're lifting his standards, his word above what the world thinks or what the world's views are on a certain thing. Amen? So we see that these churches who are promoting abortion, all right, that's promoting uh, homosexuality, well, I don't, first off, I don't believe they're even saved, first off, but definitely, that's an extreme that's an extreme of a lack of the fear of the Lord. Why? Because the world accepts the gays, all right, the, the lifestyle. We love, we love the people. We hate the lifestyle. Can you understand that? We don't hate the people. We love the people. We want to see them saved, but we don't promote the lifestyle, right, in abortion. So we have to lift the standards of God's word above what the world thinks, and an example of that is in Daniel chapter 3. There were three Hebrew boys by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many of you heard this story before? Yes. There was an evil king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. This evil king set up an idol, a golden image. And he said that when the, the trumpet sounds, everyone in my place, everyone in my kingdom must bow to that idol. And the three Hebrew boys said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. That's fear of the Lord. That's fear of the Lord. So what did they do? The King Nebuchadnezzar, th they didn't do it. First off, King Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, was furious. He threw him in the fiery furnace. And guess who showed up on the scene when they turned that furnace up and threw him in? The fourth man in the fire. Amen. The Lord Jesus showed up and appeared and saved them. There was not even a smell of smoke on their bodies, the word says. So now can you see, can you take that story and now equate it to the world now? How many times does the world set something out there and they expect all of us to bow to what they believe? And if you're bowing to the world this morning and you call yourself a Christian, you lack the fear of the Lord. Amen? Because if you really had spiritual insight of what you're doing when you're bowing to what the world believes, when it's totally contrary to the word of God, you're lighting a fire. You will one day be thrown in the furnace. And you will smell the smoke, amen? I can promise you that. So that's why the fear of the Lord. Don't bow to what the world says you have to do, right? When it's contrary to the word of God, no, lift the word of God, his standards, higher than what the world believes. Hallelujah. I know, sometimes this isn't shouting material. To, if, if you're a Christian in right standing, you're probably in there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're a Christian today who's backslidden, ooh, you might be feeling a little uncomfortable in your seat this morning. But that's good. Amen? That's good. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I got, you got to get some things straight in your life, buddy, or sister. Amen? So praise God that you're feeling that conviction from the Holy Spirit. The scary part is when you start to get into that self-deception, you grieve the Holy Spirit so much that that conviction's not even there, and you're just going on with life thinking that you're all right. I'm all right. Hey, I call myself a Christian. I do the one Sunday a week thing. But uh, 
Thank God for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because like I said last week, the Holy Ghost wants you to prosper. He wants you to be saved. And remember I told you last week that scripture, Paul said, you know, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to the mark, right, of Jesus Christ. He, and then he, Paul goes on to say, and if you be otherwise minded, or if there's other hindrances in your life, God shall reveal this unto you. And that's why it's so important to hear the preached word of God. Because like I said, there's no one to blame. If you wake up in, in the pits of hell, the promotion of the gospel is through humans. Because even in the book of Acts, when, when someone was praying for salvation, an angel appeared to the person, and the angel said, hey, go and see such and such, and he will lead you to salvation. Well, why couldn't that angel? Why couldn't that angel just have said, hey, get on your knees with me. Say this prayer. Because angels are not authorized to preach the gospel. We are. So if you stop speaking, God's voice stops on this earth. Amen? And then evil will just take over. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But then we have to account for that on the day of judgment. Even if you're a Christian, we're all, every person, Christian, non-Christian, are going to stand before the Lord one day to give an account of what you have done in this body on this earth. Amen? Now, in, in Acts 4.31, I want you to notice how God answered their prayer uh, to give them boldness. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, God gave them a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit because of that prayer. You cannot separate boldness apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. You just won't do it. Now turn with me. So that brings me on to the next point. To maintain boldness, you must stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And just jump back a page to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, 18. Let's see. Let's go down to 21. 5, 18 to 21. That's why, come on now. That's why it's imperative. For every Christian on this earth to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. Jesus said, you shall receive what? Power once the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? To be my witnesses. And you're only going to have that boldness when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism. To be a witness. Do you know the word power, the word in the Greek for power in there is dunamis? I know it don't mean much to you now. Let me explain. It's where we get the same word in the English, dynamite. Dynamite. Now, if someone's going to walk in dunamis or that power or dynamite, try doing it without boldness. I guarantee you, you will have boldness. You receive the Holy Ghost and you maintain a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 through 21 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. How? How do we do that? Well, it goes on to say how we stay filled with the Spirit as Christians. Speaking to yourselves. Say speaking to yourself. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in, all the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And, and, you know, I'm no English major, but that's a semicolon. That wasn't a period. He didn't stop there. He's still showing us how to be filled and stay filled with the Holy Ghost by giving thanks. And then uh, notice uh, the end of verse 20 there. That's not a period either, is it? That's a semicolon. He goes on to give us more instructions on how to stay filled. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That, in a nutshell, is how we stay filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in verse 18 where it says, 
you know, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The connotation of that literally is be being filled, meaning constantly stay filled. There's some Christians that just need a refill because we leak. <laughs> we leak, right? I don't know about you, but when you're out in the world for a while, it can start to wear on you, can't it? We need to constantly stay filled. And notice here, by the way, go to our website, revivalchristian.org, because I just put on there a resource page where you can download the confessions that were on my ministry site. Who has those confessions? Who's seen them before? Marla, are they good? Excellent. It's a five-page list of daily confessions from the Word of God. And notice verse 19, one of the ways to stay filled is speaking to yourself. Confessing the word of God. You know what I do? I come in here uh, during the week, and I'm just walking around, and I have the list of the confessions here. And I, oh, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus my Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? By the time I'm done with that five, I'm about ready to do flips here. I'm so pumped up. <laughs> Amen? I could jump over a troop. Why? Because I'm speaking to myself, the word. And there's times when, uh, you know, I just start belting out a song. Now, you didn't see me up here on the praise and worship team, right? Thank God for that. But I'll tell you what, when I am in my prayer time, praying in the Holy Ghost, sometimes a song will just come up. And I'll tell you what, it sounds pretty good if I don't say so myself. Why? Because the anointing is on me. And you're staying filled with the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now remember, sermons, messages that preachers preach every Sunday. Biblical ones, mind you. They do no good to you if you don't go home and put it into practice throughout the week. Right? To be a doer of the Word. Go do it. Just do it. And you'll see the difference. Now, I want to say something else. I noticed that in my own personal life, that the more I pray in tongues, the more boldness I have. Can anyone else attest to that? Thank you very much. Absolutely. The more I pray in tongues, the more boldness I have to go out. The more in tune spiritually I feel to go out and, and even to minister. Because there's such a clarity. Why? When you're praying in the spirit, like I said last week, you're putting your flesh under. Those sinful desires that would try to creep up, you're putting them under. And you're living your life now, and, and, and you're seeing through the eyes of the spiritual realm. Amen? Praying in tongues does that for you. And if for anyone who's here who doesn't know, to be able to pray in tongues, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give an opportunity after the service for anyone who wants to receive the Holy Ghost baptism. But you must be a Christian first. Don't try to receive the Holy Ghost without being a Christian because you just won't. Amen? It's like plugging a, a, a cord into putty. Oh, there's no electricity going to flow through that, right? Jesus Christ is that outlet right there. Okay? So to be able to receive the Holy Ghost baptism, to have any connection... You've got to plug into Jesus first, and that power will flow. Amen? Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm about ready to run up and down this aisle right now. <laughs> Glory. Now, all right. I want, about praying in tongues and how I have boldness when I pray in tongues more, I want you to look at something in the Apostle Paul's life. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14. Look with me on verse 18. Now, was Paul, the Apostle Paul, bold witness for Jesus Christ? Yes or no? Was he really bold? Okay. Now look at this. Look at verse 18. I, this is Paul. I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all. 
You didn't know Paul was uh, from the South, did you? More than y'all. <laughs> one of my instructors at Rama said that once the whole class busted out. He, it, says he sp- it says that I speak with tongues more than you all. So we find a principle in God's word in that one verse. Pray in tongues as much as you can, and it will carry you through the day, and you will have great boldness. I can promise you that. Because now you're hooking up with the Holy Ghost. Like I preached last week. If you didn't get the message last week, request it on CD back there, please. It was how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. One of the ways of cooperating with the Holy Spirit is to pray in tongues. Amen? It's charging up your battery, we talked about. Beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude, verse 20. It's like charging up your battery, and boldness is inevitable when you do that. Amen? Now, Jesus Christ walked in boldness because he knew who he was, and he maintained a relationship with his heavenly Father. Turn with me, John 11. And I want to close out with this account. So many things were, the Holy Ghost was jumping out to me through this story and uh, I want to share it with you today Jesus knew who he was and he maintained a prayer life he maintained a relationship he's the word in action right Jesus Christ in John 1 1 he is the word he's the word living word he's the word in action now I want to some of you are familiar with this this account here about when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, right? How many of you have heard that before? That's okay. Well, I just want to pull some things out here. And uh, I believe that's bold. <laughs> that's bold. Jesus was bold when he called out to Lazarus, told him to come forth when he was dead. Amen? Let me read this, and I just want to pull out a couple things for you. Uh, let's start with verse 38, and I'm going to go through 44. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. All she's doing is looking in the natural. She totally neglected the power of God. Don't you do that. Don't look in the natural. Don't disregard the power of God. Amen. Verse 40. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest, would believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And I believe God's saying that to this congregation too. If you believe, we will see the glory and the power of God in this place. Do you believe? Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I knew and I knew that thou hearest me always but because of this people which stand by I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me and when he has thus spoken he cried with a loud voice Lazarus come forth can you can you just see it in your mind right now Jesus doing that and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin jesus saith unto them loose him and let him go now i want you to look at verse 41 jesus said something very interesting there that caught my eye he said father i thank thee that thou hast heard me well he didn't make the command yet for Lazarus to come forth, did he? No, that's later on. So what's Jesus talking about? Well, evidently, the Holy Spirit revealed to Jesus in his prayer time that he was to raise Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus prayed to his heavenly Father about that. So Jesus is saying, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me, that you have heard me. He's talking about his prayer time. When he was being led by the Holy Ghost, revealed to him, hey, you're going to be the one who, you're going to raise Lazarus from the dead. 
So Jesus, by an act of his faith, I believe he was putting his faith in the action right there. He said, I thank you that you have heard me. There is no doubt. There is no question. He knew his heavenly father heard his prayers. Turn with me to the first John real quick. See, there's too many Christians who are going around, oh, I hope I get my prayers answered. I hope, and they never have that assurance. Why? Well, they're not following the word because the word says we can have confidence. Look at 1 John chapter 5. So the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding Jesus into all truth. And he was showing Jesus things to come. Remember I talked about the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and I the same way he led Jesus. He's going to lead us into all truth. And he's going to show us things to come. And that's what the Holy Spirit was doing to Jesus. But about prayer, that you can have confidence for your prayers to be answered. How? Look at John, 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, in God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So Jesus just got done saying, I thank you that you have heard me. First off, the Holy Ghost led him and said, yeah, you're going to do this. So he knew, okay, the Holy Ghost said I'm going to do this. He was showing me things to come of what my mission is uh, with Lazarus, Lazarus. And then he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me in my prayer life. Well, he was putting John, 1 John 5, 15. Listen, what we're supposed to do. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked. Is that making sense to you? Amen. So don't be coming and moping around to God and say, oh, I hope I'm getting this. You know what you're doing then? All you're doing is just shooting in the dark. You're shooting in the dark, and you don't even know if you're hitting the bullseye in your prayer life. But how do you know if you're hitting the bullseye? Get into the Word. Develop a prayer life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And you will have that, that the Holy Ghost will show you things out of the Word. He'll show you things to come. Right? And you can have just as much confidence as Jesus did on this earth. We're ambassadors. We're representatives. We take that same authority. We can have that same power. John 14, 12, Jesus said, The works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works. Why? Because I go unto my Father, and I'm sending the Holy Ghost, so you can carry on my work on this earth. That's why. And that's why I want this church, the people who attend this church, I'm a, you are going to be true ambassadors for Christ. And that's my mission, to train you up. Amen? And lead you and point you to Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what a pastor is. Pastor literally means shepherd. You, you, you know, you have, you're pointing them. Pointing them the way to go. But guess what? We're all on this journey together on this earth. No pastor's infallible, right? I'm, hey, every day I'm learning more and more too. The things I'm learning, I'm just sharing with you. So we can all go together and we can walk in unity together. Amen? And be a mighty army for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, glory to God. There's something else I wanted to bring up here. Okay, yeah, the Lord gave me a, a vision of something. You know, Christians who aren't walking in boldness, they're a Lazarus. Look with me at verse 44. And he that was dead came forth. It's the spirit that gives life. Have you ever heard that verse before? It's a spirit that gives life. And he that was dead came forth. I'm comparing this to Christians who don't have boldness today. Follow me now. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with, about with a napkin. Oh, let me just camp out there a minute. When you're not proclaiming the word, when you don't have that boldness, Satan has that napkin wrapped around your mouth. Are you following me? All right? And Jesus is saying to the church today, all around the world, come forth, come forth, and speak life to those who are perishing on this earth. Amen? There's too many Christians that Satan has bound with that napkin as Lazarus did. Bound with a napkin 
around their mouth, and they're not able to say anything. Why? Because they're bound with fear. Amen? Or other issues in your life. And I'm telling you right now, I believe the Holy Ghost is showing each and every one of you areas of your life where there may be hindrances. Heed the voice of the Holy Spirit today. The Bible says, don't harden your hearts. Right? He wants you to prosper. Why don't we all stand in this place this morning? Brother Chris, if you could start the music. I just want an atmosphere right now to let the Holy Ghost move in this place. And I want to confront the spirit of fear. Amen? And if you're one of those who are bound with that napkin around your mouth, a lack of boldness, and you want that boldness today. You're ready to pay that price. I want you to come down to this altar and I want to lay hands on you this morning. Now, next, you may have heard this message and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Not just Lord, not just Savior, come on, come on, but Lord. He said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord. He say, I never knew you workers of iniquity but if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life today it, see if he's not Lord of all he's not Lord at all I want you to come down if you if today you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior come on down and I want to pray with you to receive him number two if there's any person in this house today You've been a Christian for many years, but you know you haven't been living the life. And you want to make it right today. You want to rededicate your life. I want you to come down, and I want you to get right with God today. To put back in that right standing with Him. Amen? Number three, if there's, if, if you're a Christian in here today, and you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you want to receive the Holy Spirit so you can have power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to come down. And you're going to receive the Holy Ghost baptism today. And you shall, as Jesus said, receive power. And lastly, if there's anyone here who needs a physical healing, spiritual, emotional healing, any kind of a healing. If you need a miracle in your life, I want you to come down and I want to pray with you. Amen.
Lift your hands and thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because of Jesus, we're free. Hallelujah. And miracles are still happening today. Amen. We're not a dead church. We're a live church. The body of Christ is alive and well on this earth now. God's raising up an army in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God's raising up an army here in Big Rapids. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so you don't work Sundays anymore? No, 
Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. See, the, the Lord just opens that door. Hallelujah. And Brother Scott's another praise report there during the week. Hallelujah. Brother Wayne is one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just like this song says, we're going to go to the ends of the earth to proclaim the word of God. Amen. One last call. If there's anyone here who's not made Jesus the Lord of their life, come down now. You don't want to leave this place without making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So you don't know if you're going to breathe your last breath today. Holy Spirit baptism, miracle, healing in your body, whatever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Up one a little bit more. This is, the Holy Ghost is still working in some of your in some of your hearts. Just close your eyes right now. Just say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? Say, what are you speaking to me? having another word here and I had it last week too someone here has been has been being attacked with suicidal thoughts someone here someone here the devil's been attacking you with suicidal thoughts not necessarily you want to but those thoughts are really overtaking your mind if that's you I want you to come down I want to pray for you in Jesus name no one cares here and amen don't be ashamed do not be ashamed but someone here has been being attacked by, by the enemy, by demonic spirits with suicidal thoughts.
That word was obviously for more than one. Is there more in here? Suicidal thoughts. See? See, a lot of times the devil gets a root in people's life, even in their childhood, from the parents who word cursed them, cutting them down, rejection. See, I, Elizabeth and I work in deliverance ministry a lot, and we deal with a lot of these kind of issues. If you need prayer, you want to come down, I will also say if you need personal, we offer personal ministry so we can do it in a private setting. I have a 10-page questionnaire that we have people fill out. Gives us a background of your life, the, the, the terrible things that went on in your life, occult things you may have been involved in in your life that may have opened a door to the enemy to attack you. If you want that, just see Elizabeth or I, and we will get you that questionnaire. You fill it out, give it to me. I look over it, pray over it. We set up a time to meet with each person individually. And we bring healing. And we get rid of devils that have come in throughout the years. Amen? Because that is an advantage. You know, deliverance from demonic spirits is nothing more than healing. The Word of God, it says when Jesus casted a devil... Out of, out of a little boy. Yeah, yeah, kids can have demons. When Jesus cast the devil out of a little boy, the Bible goes on to say, and Jesus healed him. But he casted out the demon. But that's healing. You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and thank him for what he's done today. He's a saving Jesus. He's a delivering Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're going to take this message to this area. Hallelujah. And to the world. Thank you, Jesus. Give all you got to God. Live for Him today. Yes. God for what he's done today. Now I want to let you know we will be starting very soon. Maybe even in the month of October I'm going to be starting healing and deliverance meetings. Probably Saturday night. Saturday night. Maybe once a month starting off and if it really grew uh, we might have it more often. But I'm going to be teaching on the topics of of course physical healing and deliverance from demonic spirits. Don't think. You wonder why there's so many Christians who are in bondage? Because they've been fed a lie that a Christian doesn't need deliverance from demon spirits. That's, hey, Satan hides under that. Say, oh, you can't, Christian can't have a demon. Well, that's why you got so many Christians running around who are, who are uh, in bondage. Right. Amen? To pornography, alcohol, all these other things that creep in their lives. Amen? But I'm going to be teaching on that stuff, and I will prove to you in the Word. That healing is the children's bread, not the unsaved. Jesus didn't uh, go around casting devils out of all unbelievers because they would just come back, right? But I'm going to save that for a further teaching, so I'll let you know when that happens. Uh, have a great week. Thank you all for coming, visitors. We love you. Come on back. If you're looking for a home, look no further. We will embrace you. Next week, the life chain. Um, the potluck at 6 o'clock and uh, fill out if you want a uh, copy, free, free copy of the service today just fill it out on the back table there fill out prayer requests, I want to pray over them feel like I have so many announcements but guess what get out of here <laughs> have a great week <laughs>